Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus would eat with sinners. Remember Matthew? He ate at his house. And the Pharisees go, are you kidding me? Why did Jesus go to Matthew's house? Because he was invited. He never changed who he was. He never diluted his beliefs. But he loved the sinners that were there. Watch our hearts. Be careful. Don't become self-righteous. For a Jewish rabbi, Jesus did things that were considered unconventional by other rabbis. Hanging around with those who were considered ceremonially unclean. Sharing meals with the downtrodden. Well, that was quite controversial. But his rationale was that he desired to go to those who needed to hear the truth and to be shown God's love. As Pastor Mark teaches from the Gospel of Luke, he will be reinforcing Jesus' attitude. He will be sharing the importance of salvation for all people. The fact that unless someone like us loves them enough to tell them, they're doomed to hell. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke chapter 15 with part three of his message, Lost and Found. value does not come from you. And I want to say this because the whole world misunderstands this. God is not a respecter of people. He doesn't care if you're black, white, purple, orange, blue. I was black and blue quite often during my fall on my face, did whatever. He doesn't care what language you speak. He doesn't care if you're male or female. He doesn't care what nation you come from. He is not a respecter of persons. We all come from Adam and Eve. We're together. So quit fooling around with the politic junk. We're all equal in God's sight. You're all valuable to God this morning. And that's why he goes after how many? One. We don't look at the color of skin or nationality or how much education you have or whatever. That, that's all fine. But we're valuable because we're going to spend heaven or hell for eternity. He loves us so much. So be careful that you don't become a prejudiced kind of person. We're all equal. And he wants us. He goes after this one coin. The shepherd spent time and energy going after that sheep. The woman spent her time and energy thoroughly searching for that lost coin. Just turn to your neighbor and say, we're all equal. Just go ahead and tell them right now. We're all equal. Yeah, we are. We're just all equal. Let me show you what happens sometimes. Sometimes I'll be out shopping and I'll be at Publix or whatever. And some person from the church, it's happened to me many times, will come and say, 
Pastor Mark, you're shopping? No, we have a 12-acre farm at the back of our house. Well, of course I'm shopping. In shorts? Hallelujah. And we just make fun of it. Because what am I? I'm just like you. And sometimes you guys know, you have a wife that says, you're not wearing that outside the house. I'm going to have a wife that says that to you. And they always say it to you about the most comfortable pair of shorts you ever had in your whole life. They want to take it to salvation. army. don't you dare. It's going to be a marriage problem. See, you're no better than anybody else. The only worth we have is that Jesus Christ, as a Christian, lives on us. The only worth you have this morning as a lost person is that the hound of heaven is after you because he wants you to come to Jesus Christ. When you do, you have the same worth that we do. Why? Because we have God living in us. So that's the coin. That is the sheep. It's about sinners. And it's about God's love for sinners. Now, watch this. Write this down. Diligent searching. This is what we do as Christians. Patience and prayer brings rejoicing. So watch in verse 10. How does this parable apply to us? Watch this. In the same way, the same way that we saw the rejoicing with the sheep. I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So you see exactly the same keys. What are those four words? Lost, found, repent, rejoicing. That's what celebration is all about. Now, our role model is Jesus. And so we have to be sure ourselves that we go and seek after lost people. That we don't isolate ourselves. That we don't come to church and go, well, Pastor Mark, I'm in church. I love coming to church. And that this kind of night, that's for somebody else. That isn't for me. I don't go out and invite people. That, that's not for, oh, yes, it is. And I want to challenge you this morning with this. What keeps us from sharing the good news in the marketplace, the work, school, and our neighborhoods? I want to give you some things. So write it down this morning. First thing. What could keep you from going after the sheep? What could keep you from trying to find the coin that's lost, the person that's lost? Here it is. Number one, fear of our abilities. Paul had to write to Timothy. Timothy was kind of a, well, he was a disciple of Paul, but he was a little timid. Now, sometimes people say, well, Pastor Mark, I couldn't go up and invite someone. I couldn't share the gospel because, like, that's not my personality. God isn't talking about your personality. He's talking about your spiritual desire to see the lost come to Christ. So watch what Paul says to Timothy. Timothy, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. Now listen to what he says. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. You know, some people are naturally more bold and aggressive. Other people, different. But Paul says to Timothy, it isn't about that. Jesus says to us, he commanded all of us to go and share the good news, to be on mission. Now, it's not complicated. One day, when Jesus started his ministry, Andrew discovered, he's a fisherman, he discovered the Messiah. And the next thing Andrew does, listen, is this. And Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, who would later become Peter. And he told him, 
we have found the Messiah. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. How complicated was that? All he said is, I have found the Messiah we've been looking for. He came to save us from our sins. I want to take you, Simon, and introduce you to Jesus Christ. That is all we're commanded to do. To go and try to introduce people to who? Jesus. Now, why would we do that? Because he's the only way to God. See, it's not complicated. When Andrew goes and he talks to Jesus and he says, I'm going to go invite my, my brother. Go ahead and do that. He goes over and he says to Peter, I'm coming. And does Peter say this? Would you explain to me when the rapture's coming? <laughs> now, who's the Antichrist? Of course not. What you saw there is the most powerful testimony you will ever have. It's not your Bible knowledge. It's that Jesus Christ saved you. And you can know that testimony. You don't have to like, I'll have to write it down. I think not. You know where you were and where you are now. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You see, just share your testimony. That's the most powerful thing you have. And that's the way we introduce people to Jesus Christ. Don't make it complicated. Remember the four spiritual laws we went through? It was really quick. Here's God and man together. Adam and Eve with God. But when they sinned, Sin separates from God. That's all it means. Sin is separation. It's death. And then we discover that man who's separated from God tries to be good enough. Now there's this big valley. Tries to be good enough to reach God again. And they use religion and good works and giving money, doing all of those kind of things. Well, those are all dead ends. Well, how can a sinful person, which how many of us are, Every single one of us. We already talked about that. All of us. How can a sinful person reach God? Well, that's why Jesus came. And the cross is the bridge to God. Now, I just gave you the bridge illustration. How complicated was that? You can draw it. You can do whatever. You can tell the person. What I usually do when I do that on an airplane or whatever, I'll just say to the person, where are you in your pursuit of God? Well, they're always going to be over there. But many of them are trying to climb up this way. Good works, trying to get to God, religion, whatever. It doesn't work. Good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. So here's that. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be, don't have to be a Bible scholar. Just share your own testimony. Number two, write this down. Fear of the gospel. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, here's our problem today. Much more than it used to be. But it was always a problem. 2,000 years ago was a problem. How many ways are there to God, does the Bible say? One. In what way is that? Jesus. I'm the way, the truth, the life. Now, most of our world, unbelievers, will argue with that. That's too narrow. It's impossible. That can't. All roads lead to God. No, they don't. And the way you prove that is you just say to this to them. I believe in God's Bible. God is a, a, my shepherd. He's a heavenly father. He wants to tell me how to do life. This is how we do life. This is all true. Now, they can believe it or not believe it. That I can't solve and you can't solve. But you just tell them the truth in love. Notice when the shepherd got the sheep, he didn't condemn them. And you'll see that in a moment. He just told them truth. Come with me. Let me put you on the shoulders. And we're going to do this thing together so we can go home. Now, make sure you understand what Paul says. Watch what Paul. Paul used to hate Jesus. He was a Pharisee. Look what he says. 
for I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Never underestimate the power of the gospel. You see, as I'm teaching you today, and we're reading scripture, what does that scripture do to you, and what does it do to me? It changes me, because this word is alive. It goes right to our heart. It changes us, because it's powerful. It's not a book. It's God. And it's his mind to us. And as that works in you, that's what the gospel does. It gets down and reads the people's hearts. So understand, Jesus is the only way to forgiveness and salvation in heaven. Don't be ashamed of its simplicity. It's simply true. Don't add to it. Don't try to take away of it. Just pray, proclaim, stand back, and watch lives change. I've been doing that since I was a little kid. I've been watching my life change and thousands of lives change. Number three, write it down. Sometimes we don't go because we fear to go to the marketplace of life. Jesus was always in the marketplace. He was in the synagogues, but he was always in the streets. He was around the people. That's how sinners began to follow him. Remember, the Pharisees would have nothing to do with those people. No, Jesus is out where the people were. He was active. All kinds of people. Now, too many Christ followers think unbelievers are going to just walk into our doors. That's not true. They are not just going to drive by. Once in a while, we'll have somebody do that because they see all the excitement on all the cars. Well, something good must be coming. Let me give it a try. But that's a rarity. You see, you already heard Pastor Dave even say earlier this morning that most people will come to Christ if they're what? Invited. They'll come to church if they're invited. That's what we're asking you to do. And you'll see this all through the end of this whole teaching today. Now, that's true because they're waiting to find a solution to their life, but they don't want to admit it. Now, how do we do that? He was always there. Now, let me give you an idea how to do it. In these two parables, what did we see this morning? Diligence, going, searching, until the lost was found. The Great Commission says go. So what is a good way for you to go for yourself? Well, a good way for you to go is simply basically to, let's just say work, school. Let's talk about our neighborhoods. How many people are lost in our neighborhoods? Whether you live in an apartment complex or a condo or a housing area, there's plenty of people that are lost. So what can you do to kind of become a friend to them? Well, you can have barbecue things. You can invite people if they have a party together, block party. You can do that. You can do all kinds. Another thing, I want to give you an example of how this works. My wife is really good at this. How many of you have a dog this morning? Okay, you have a dog. Well, my wife takes the dog out, and, and she'll walk the street. Now, when you take the dog out at normal times, and you walk your dog, who do you end up meeting? Other people with what? Dogs. And so you go... That's an ugly dog. Well, that ended your conversation right there. That's not wise. Even if it is, don't say anything. Because they're probably saying, you think mine's ugly? (laughs) The thing you got. So what my wife has found out is, because I'll ask her, who's that lady over there? Well, here's her name, and here's the name of the dog. My wife knows these people all over the neighborhood because she's a dog lover like crazy. Now, can that ever move into a conversation about inviting them to church? Absolutely. Is it natural? Yes, it's not. It's not like, excuse me a moment. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to talk to you. 
No, we're talking our dogs here. You know, collecting the bag over in the corner. We're all equal. And then you say to them, you live in this neighborhood. Do you know what's interesting to me since we've moved there? I think we moved there in 97. There's now 16 houses in our subdivision that come to the church. Now, that isn't all because of us. That's just because the word kind of spread and neighbor spread. And they do the same thing I'm just telling you. So look for natural ways at work, at school, whatever, just to become a friend to them. So they begin to trust you and you have fun with your dog and whatever, and you can invite them. So I want you to walk your neighborhood. Look about that. Think about it. Now, if you have a cat, forget it. Because number one, the cat will not follow you. They just go off and do their own thing. You know that. You know, God is a respecter of persons. No, but he is a respecter of cats and dogs. I'm just joking with you. You know what? I'll show you a picture someday. When we go visit our daughter in Denver, they have a cat, a big old cat. Irv's is his name. And uh, I get up early when I'm out there because we're on a two-hour different time frame. You know, at 6 o'clock there, it's, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. So I'm up at 5.30. Guess who comes to visit me at 5.30? And guess what that crazy cat does? Gets right up on my lap. And my wife comes down and laughs like crazy. There's the cat lover with a cat right on his lap. It's God getting even with me. All right, here we go. Now, remember, our goal is to introduce people to Christ so they can have a personal relationship with him. Now, what does that look like? Just before Jesus went back to heaven, he had a prayer, a prayer for himself, a prayer for his disciples that were there, and he had a prayer for you and me. Here's what he said. Watch me. He said, Father, don't take my believers in the world out of the world. Protect them while they're in the world because they are me, and that's how lost people will get found. That's you. That's me this morning. Don't take them out. Let me ask you to write three things down. A, B, and C. Here they are. Write them down this morning. Look at me just for a second. Okay, what am I talking about? Especially this year, and you'll see it in a moment. Especially this year. Invite, share, love, pray. Here we are. Be diligent. Looking for that coin. Looking for that sheep. Here we are. Number one. A, don't isolate. Don't isolate yourself. Well, I'm safe. Best of mark. Everything's fine. I'm too busy for Christmas to worry about other people. That is not the heart of God. Don't isolate. Simply go to their world. The dog, at work, school, look for an opportunity. Number two, don't condemn. Jesus didn't condemn the sheep. He just brought them back. He loved them. See, when we condemn people, we've turned them off. The way you don't condemn people is to remember what you were like before you came to Christ. We were all totally lost. Some of us a lot worse than others. But we were simply lost without God. Number three, don't be embarrassed. Pastor Mario, invite him to come to church. Meet you. No, there's power in the gospel. Don't be embarrassed. We're not inviting them to become a member of our church. We don't even have membership. We're inviting them to be introduced to Jesus and how much they need to see that they're lost. Remember, the Pharisees didn't believe they were lost. And many people outside our buildings are clueless, even what Christian time. Do you know how many people understand why Easter and Christmas, what it's about? He said, well, everybody in the United States understands that it's about Jesus. 
No, they don't. It's about trees. It's about gifts. It's about bunnies. They don't understand. You say, well, the world I understand, but not America. No, America's clueless. They do not understand that they're lost. They have to have their eyes open. And we do that by showing them love. Don't isolate. Don't condemn. Don't be embarrassed. Now, why specifically, Pastor Mark, this time of the year? Well, you're going to go to lots of parties. Christmas parties. And you're going to eat all kinds of food. And you're going to be with lots of people from work or in your neighborhood or whatever. And these people are lost. So what do you do there? You can be there. You can go to the party. I used to do that. When I was a director of pharmacy, I had to go with the administrators and the doctors and all those things. All those guys to parties. My wife and I would always go. I don't drink, so I don't indulge in the drink. But I'd say, "Uh, no, thank you. I'm a Christian. I don't drink. (laughs) Well, that's going to start it really well, isn't it? You know, don't isolate. We're the little guys back in the corner. Here's the guys over there that are weird. No, I just don't drink. And I'll have a Coke or something else. Put a sizzle stick in it. Fake them out like crazy. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And as you're being friends, remember where you came from. They need God. Now, there may not be an opportunity, but maybe it will be. And the other thing is, as you're doing it, if the party gets funky and a little too bad, then you just excuse yourself and you go home. You don't condemn them. Well, I'm leaving your party. You just leave. Jesus would eat with sinners. Remember Matthew? He ate at his house. And the Pharisees go, are you kidding me? Why did Jesus go to Matthew's house? Because he was invited. He never changed who he was. He never diluted his beliefs. But he loved the sinners that were there. Watch our hearts. Be careful. Don't become self-righteous. Now, as you think about that, what do we have an opportunity to do? Simply to invite them to a wonderful Christmas Eve service, a wonderful service, a Christmas service. We're only going to have one on Sunday. Because here we'll, we'll have the kids, we'll have choirs, we'll have worship. I only speak about 25 minutes. Can I hear an amen right there? I know. I've got a picture of every one of you that smiled. You like that? And we have glow sticks at the end. And what is it a time of? Celebration. And so many people come at Christmas and so many people come at Easter. Of course, they come every week to salvation. We've already had many people this week come to salvation in a different place. People online that just email us and go, well, I watched this for the first time. I became a Christian today. Praise God. See, the power of the word is amazing. Don't be ashamed of it. So I just want to encourage you, invite people. Many of our friends have prodigal sons and daughters that have gone away. We'll have an application to that, even though the whole principle is what? God loves lost people. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminded us that just like Jesus did, we need to go into the marketplace of life to reach the lost. They aren't going to just show up at church. We need to invite them. Pastor Mark taught about the common reasons we don't witness to our friends and also spoke warning us not to have the wrong attitudes toward the lost. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. The next message will begin a new teaching continuing on in the 15th chapter of Luke. Pastor Mark will be teaching us a story that will be familiar to most of us, the story of the prodigal son. We will find out about the main characters in the story, how they apply to those that were listening to Jesus, and how they line up with people today. We wish we had more time, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.